Let's ask the people on the poster. Why is it harder to record in person? I don't know. Maybe we should just like not see each other. Just only on screen. This is just just be easier. (laughs) Welcome to the Asian Sewist Collective podcast. The Asian Sewist Collective is a group of Asian people from around the world brought together by our shared appreciation for fiber and textile arts and our desire to see more Asian representation in the sewing community. In this podcast, we explore the intersection of our identities and our shared sewing practice as we create a space for Asian sewists and our allies. I'm your co-host, Ada Chen, and I'm recording from Denver, Colorado. Denver is the traditional territory of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. I'm a Taiwanese-American marketer turned entrepreneur, and these days you'll find me running my all-natural skincare business called Chuan's Promise. That's C-H-U-A-N apostrophe S, Promise, in sharing my marketing tips on my blog. Most importantly for this podcast, you can find my sewing at i.hope.sew on Instagram. And I'm your co-host, Nicole. I'm based outside of Chicago, the original homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, the Potawatomi, and the Odawa people. I'm a Philippine-American woman, a lawyer by day, and a sewing enthusiast the rest of the time. You can find me on Instagram at Nicole Angeline Sews. Okay, so today, since we are here in person, I don't know, maybe you want to start with explaining why we're together in person? Yes. So my uh, I, my brother is, uh, he turned 30 this year and his fiance turned 30 on Saturday or Sunday. And he wanted to plan his like first big family trip. And he's an outdoorsy person. None of us are. That eye roll. <laughs> yeah. no, none of us are. Um, but I really, pre- he, like he really planned everything out. He's like, you probably want to do this. He wants sticks, you know, make sure you stay hydrated because it's high elevation. Um, and yeah, basically he wanted to take us to Denver because it was kid friendly. So my niece, my two nieces are here. One just turned three yesterday, three and six. And then my closer to 70 than 60 mom with one knee, the other is titanium is also here. So like we did easy hikes. I was still panting, but you know, there's like 20% less oxygen. Yeah. That's understandable. It was a thing. It was a thing. But um, yeah, so that's why I'm here. And then Ada was kind enough to share some of her time. I was saying that I need to like just come here to visit you. So. Yeah. I mean, apparently, even if we were in the same room, like in my house where I usually have the setup, we would struggle to yeah. <laughs> well, figure out how to do know this. Ish. Now we know ish. So here we are. And we were like, let's just, let's let's just, just do it. Yeah. Let's just do it. We're podcast pros. In between seasons, ask us anything, and we put that question on Instagram, Mm -hmm. and we got a bunch of responses, mostly from one person. (laughs) I do have another one I'll add on here, but I'll just pull it up on my phone. Okay. We have them on my screen, and I guess we'll just go in order. Yeah. Let's do it. The first one comes from Priya at Pizza Very, who was on our episode about knitting, who asked, when are we getting matching wavelength hat pits? And to that, I say, look, I remembered it. It's don't approach this as a set. They just happen to have the same pink color. And they're reversed. This light is is cramping my style. Yeah, this light is not nice. Take this paper towel. There you go. (laughs) We have a little, like, what is it? The glare blocking. Yeah. So we are in my family. It's May. This has been helpful. So thank you, Ada, for making this for me. Um, I was like having a really hard time packing. I'm very much like a, because I'm a planner, I know what we're going to do on what day. And you didn't know any of that for this. No, I was like, Denver weather, it didn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, it's going to be cool. And then we got to Rocky Mountain. My brother's like, okay, we're going to Rocky Mountain tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. Like up Rocky Mountain. 30 degrees and very windy. And I was like, oh man, but I'm glad I brought this. Because you did see snow. I did. And at the top of Pikes Peak, it was snowing. Like oh. straight up, like in your face snowing. And I was like, I don't understand. I'm woozy. Like, because we're You're high so as high I've ever up. been. Um, but yeah. So it was really hard to pack for this trip. But I was like, you know what? I just need, I know I'm going to need a warm weather hat. So I'm going to bring this to Honor Ada. So like now when I'm making literal winter coats in April and May. I get it. You get it. I do. People are like, what? It's spring. And I'm like, to that, I say it snowed last week. Yeah. I mean, it snowed in Chicago, uh, like mid-April, and that's normal. But I think our weather is more predictable than yours. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is very like, you check it 24 hours later and it could be completely different. I can attest to that. So should we do our matching wavelength selfie? So we we got the 
You, we can take how it on I? your phone. How do I? Okay. Let's how see if we, the phone will How do we get the light to really great content? We might have to do this outside. for a podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> we did it. It will be posted for you, Priya. And so, Tina, because it's and Tina. Tina's wavelength hat pattern, which you, if you can see the little lines that I had to look at the pattern for. <laughs> and Priya and Tina were guests on episode one for season four. Yeah. And now they have Between Two Skeins, their own podcast. You got to watch it. Welcome to Podcast World. Yeah. I love it. It's a little hot down it, here. Though, it, for that. <laughs> it was born on the Asian Souls Collective podcast. So go listen to that episode. It was fun. Yeah. Let me pull. Actually, I'll do the ones that I have last. Okay. Okay. So the next few questions come from Esther, who is on our podcast team. And her first question was, what was most surprising about each other now that you've met in person? So we got a similar question from Koss, who's also on the team. Koss's question came with a caveat, which I'm going to use to answer Esther's question. Okay. You're taller than I thought you would be. I told you I'm 5'4". The only thing that threw you off is that when the day that we met, I thought it was going to rain. Like, again, weather. I thought it was going to be rainy all day. That is what the forecast said. (laughs) The forecast lied. And so I was in my waterproof, water-resistant, like, rain boots for, like – They have, like, a three-inch block heel. Yeah, they have a (laughs) three-inch block heel because they're the only pair of rain boots I haven't managed to, like – chew the the heel mm, yeah, yeah walking so we were eye, eye level but that's actually not true yeah but i was like oh you're taller it's funny because um when i met lisa wolfork last uh, summer of uh the stitch please podcast shout out to black women stitch how tall is lisa uh we're about i don't remember what shoes we were wearing but, but the first thing she said when i walked into the room for her session was oh my god nicole you're so much taller than i thought you were <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's just, that's just like the digital world, right? Sometimes when I meet, when I see coworkers, I'm like for the first time, and I've been only on virtual meetings, I'm like, oh, you are a lot taller. But, but it's usually a lot taller. It's not like people who are shorter than I expected. It's like mm. shocking. And it's just the tall part. I guess maybe because I think that every, because we're looking on tiny screens. Yeah. And I'm like, everyone's so small. But I feel like my perception of that is like, skewed because for three years I worked with people like mostly on the internet and I would see them twice a year three Mm -hmm. times a year and so after the first time you kind of like know yeah how tall or short they are in person but like when you meet them for the first time you're like yeah I kind of guessed you would be like I don't know 510 5'1 yeah I don't know like what I mean (laughs) so anyway that's my answer to Esther's question and then Costa's question was um the same but Except for being taller. So I'm just kidding. Oh. So, um, but yeah, ex- uh, you go ahead. You go next. I got to think about something else besides being taller now. What was most surprising? I don't think you were wearing anything me made. You were wearing the So sweatshirt. That's true. With the like S-E-W, like the So, is it Sorority? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Sorority sweatshirt and your thrifted 90s dad, like color blocked <laughs> windbreaker. <laughs> and I was like, so stylish, so cool. Definitely vacation, giving vacation vibes, but also would have thought you would have had something in there that you made. Oh, but you were wearing your bag. True. Yes. I yeah. Made a bag. Yeah. 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 Well, that's because I only sew frosting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair, touche. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> doesn't doesn't make sense in uh, on a trip where I have no idea what I'm supposed to be wearing. Also fair. I was like, neither of us has sewn leggings, and like that would be the most applicable. I just garment. can't. Yeah, I can't get myself to do it because I have leggings that are like ten, you know, polyester. Yeah, gonna last forever, and I'm like, and it's still lasting forever. So I like, have I so many need, pairs of yeah. black leggings. I do not need more. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. So I'm like, yeah, I only need need quote unquote more when my body changes, and mm-hmm. like I'm I'm in a phase where I need larger sizes now. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let me think about how to do this. I saw this really, because it's like, maybe we're going off topic, but it's okay. It wouldn't be the Asian Sewist Collective if I didn't bring us off topic. <laughs> um, um, sewn by Jay. Mm-hmm. She is a Philippine-American sewist based out of New York. And she had taken a top, no wait, a pair of leggings that was too small mm-hmm. and refashioned it into like a 
workout top. What? I oh, like, oh, I saw that. Yeah. So I think that would be a great way to like, if leggings are too small for me, then I can like cut them up and make like, you know, maybe use them as like muslin or muslin fabric for sports bras or even yeah. just because it's got great recovery. It's got really good recovery. So anyway, yes, I was not wearing any Mimei. I think, it, yeah, but activewear, I'm like, ooh, now I want to sew more activewear, which is kind of related to the project I brought in a bag today. Panic sewing last night. But classic. We will, that's for the end of the episode. Okay. We're going to keep going with questions unless you have an answer to Casa's question besides height. I don't know. The, the interesting thing is like, we're meeting each other for the first time in person. But we talk all the time. We talk all the time, you know, and not just about podcast stuff. I could consider you a true friend. Yeah. So it's like there weren't any surprises. No. Like you were wearing Panic Zone Clyde pants, classic, in black, in your neutrals. Like you're – Yeah, like, I'm this wearing is, neutrals today. <laughs> this is exactly who I thought you'd be. So – and it's, it's nice. Like, I mean – wouldn't it have been terrible if you were an asshole in real life? I know. That would be so bad. I'd be so annoyed. Yeah. I'd be like, oh gosh, this is just isn't working. But we would go on for you all until the tension was too much. And then we just had to quit and have this like band. We're like a band that splits up. No, oh my God. No splitting up. We're no good. splitting up. We're good. Um, although we could, it could be a Jonas Brothers and then you get back together. A solo project? I'm too lazy for a solo project. Everyone else <laughs> on the podcast really carries me. So. Yeah, but he got a solo project and he married Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She could be my sugar mama while I do my own things. Yeah. Okay. I'm really selling it here. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Proudest make to date? I don't know. Proudest make to date? It might be my birthday dress from 2020 still. Ooh. That, that was a good one. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of... Almost everything I make, sometimes they don't work out. I made some, I, I threw it together, a, um, a woven tank not that long ago, and I was like, this is okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, my birthday dress, it was just because I was so new and it looked mm. bomb when I was finished with it. I, I used a wedding dress, um, McCall's pattern with ITY <laughs> knit fabric, and, um, you know, I, I was there's ease all over anyway, but then it was knit and it was super stretchy. And I was like, Oh, forget it. I'm just going to do it. And in that it turned out really cool. And yeah, I think I learned a lot just from that project and it was really fun to like be able to have something like that. And then I was like, I'm going to make myself something every year. Mm. I went two years (laughs) (laughs) and then then I was like, "Mm, it's fine. What about you? Does an alteration count or yeah. set of – okay, so I would say altering my wedding dress oh. because that is the most expensive thing I own besides a car. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I did all the alterations by myself. So I put in the boob cups, which, you know, that's, like, pretty straightforward. But if I hadn't – like, the whole front would have been, like, just see-through lace. <laughs> see-through lace, but, like, see-through. I did the bustle. I think the bustle oh. was, like, the biggest part. Wow. Like How did I, you engineer that? Well, I trimmed – first I trimmed everything to be even, and then I, like – I didn't even hoist a dress onto the dress form. I put the dress form into the dress because it's, like, cupcake topper okay. level, like, poofy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did break one leg of the dress form. It was so heavy. But my dress form survived. I put it in. I zipped it up as best as I could and then just pinned and held things. Wow. And then kind of like marked them and sat on the floor, just like hand sewing buttons and hand sewing loops. And it worked out like pretty well. Sure. Did they have issues like lining up the loops day of? But that wasn't on me. That was the wedding planner, my sister and Vincent not being able to find the loops mm. because we were like outside in the grass and whatnot. And Yeah. Bustling yeah. and peeing. Those are not things you can do on your own. It was actually, okay, I will say peeing (laughs) was surprisingly not bad. Okay. You just kind of like do a scoop and drop and then, you know. I had, I also had a ball, a ball gown. Looking back, I might've done something different, but I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And, um, but yeah, my sister, excellent. Made of honor. At that time. Yeah. And like, yeah, there was, there was like hoisting and holding and yeah, it's fine. It's all part of the experience. I think the most interesting part was like they had to keep getting us in and out of golf carts to go take pictures at different spots. Oh. <laughs> and so we have all these great pictures of like, 
you know, it looks like a bamboo forest, but it's really just like the rough area where like the golf balls all get lost (laughs) and like overlooking the sunset and like there's a mountain view. It's cool. But like in order to get to all those spots within the time with the lighting, it had to be like in out of the golf cart. And I was not allowed to drive the golf cart in that because I couldn't even like see my foot. Yeah, (laughs) fair. So they were like hoisting me. I'd have to like back into the seat and like kind of like hug everything together to make yeah. sure I was like all in and, and not like dragging out yeah yeah the golf cart yeah that but, is a very good me made alteration something to be proud of for sure right I definitely saved myself if not a thousand dollars a couple hundred bucks there mm. with skill the next question we have is related to formal wear <laughs> fave met gala look that was this week it was I, I had a look at it and nothing I mean, besides Pedro Pascal, because he's amazing. And, oh, I didn't uh, see his look. He's the hot stuff right now. Um, but I I think I want to throw back to a different era. Mm-hmm. Or, not an era, but like it, it's, it's too close to a recent memory to be an era that I can remember. But I really loved the Zendaya... Cinderella um, dress. Cinderella dress. That was My friend cool. met her at Coachella and didn't know it was her. Wow. Right? Wow. Right. I'm like, what a sweet, gentle, pure soul that has no clue who she is. Has, is not at all in touch with pop culture. Not at all in touch with pop culture, yet at the biggest pop culture event. <laughs> Dancing in the desert. What about you? I So normally on my personal Instagram, not my song Instagram, I do like I a Met Gala red carpet kind of takedown yeah. outfit. By, I try not to do everyone and I'm trying to be, you know wholesome about it and Mm -hmm. and critique not the wearer but the designer (laughs) and the stylist and that was getting increasingly difficult and people were kind of demanding that I put this up even though it was something I just started when I was like working my desk job add on top of that that Karl Lagerfeld was a terrible human problematic very problematic human yeah when they announced that that was the theme I was like Well, we're not doing the Met Gala commentary this year. There's plenty of commentary on the internet. You can go get it somewhere else, but I just choose not to partake. I did see a lot of photos, and I found it hilarious that Jared Leto – I mean, Jared Leto always kind of goes to to stunt, you know? Yeah. And he showed up in the giant Choupette the cat suit. It was a really good cat suit. It was a good – it was a high-quality cat suit. Probably made from real cats. I mean, him – did you see him in Doja Cat? Yes, Doja Cat. That Doja was Cat little, as a cat. That was, that was wild. That was very Hunger Games. Like, yeah. that one character um, in the Hunger Games. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I will give the two of them credit for having either the cat face prosthetics or cat suit on the whole time because that could not have been easy. Yeah. Honorable mention, Daniel Ricardo, the F1 driver who I have binge-watched all of Drive to Survive, and he is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I just genuinely think he's, like, a hilarious human. And everyone's like, what are you doing here? Anne Hathaway had a moment where she was like, oh, my God, I love you. And you could see the genuine shock on his face that, like, somebody there knew who he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he was in a Tom Brown suit. It was a very – it was, like, a nice kind of modern take on a traditional – and that was this year? That was Pascal. this year, yeah. Wait. Pedro Pascal. Ooh! Pedro Pascal went in shorts and a trench coat? I know. And like, I don't know. what He looks really good in red. Like that red suit yeah. he was wearing the other day that Marika really liked. I did look up the um, Cadbury Easter egg. Pedro Pascal. It's good. Thing. It's good. Very on point for folks on the podcast. Google Pedro Pascal as Cadbury Easter eggs. Pedro Pascal's stylist needs a raise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that should be the hashtag. Hashtag Pedro Pascal's stylist needs a raise. Absolutely. On that note, who's your f- current fashion inspo? I don't know fashion <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. How about you? I don't know. I think since I started sewing, I stopped paying as much attention to fashion week looks. Mm-hmm. And kind of started trying to figure out more like what do I like to wear? What's practical for my lifestyle? For me, I think it was bridging the gap between like there are these styles that I really like and love to wear but are completely (laughs) impractical for who I am as an individual person who, you know, sometimes has to lift 25 pounds of coconut oil (laughs) and like has to receive 
55 gallon drums. And so I think there's, I've definitely shifted to like, there's a work wardrobe and then there's a fun wardrobe and then there's like me and my PJs at home wardrobe. Yeah. Which I think kind of got lost in the midst of like lockdown. Yeah. But I also, yeah, I can't say I have like a specific fashion or style icon. Mm Mm-hmm necessarily after some more reflection I think I may have said this on the podcast before Mindy Kaling Kaling, Mm. I follow her on Instagram and she's just so freaking stylish and I would love to emulate that and there are actually a couple of other people on the world wide webs that are not (laughs) celebrities but um there is a woman who is uh an older black woman and apologies I don't I don't know how old she is um but just because, okay, now I feel weird. <laughs> I said, I said older, <laughs> but like I'm making an assumption. Um, but I older think, than you. Yeah, and I know I think she's just talked about. Um, so uh, my style is my brand. Mm. Um, she posts like get ready with me, for, like um, reels, and then it's just just really great, confident person. She's just great, confident person, and I love how she mixes and matches prints and colors and, and, you know, doesn't adhere to a single look. And, um, at one point she had said that I don't like to prepare my outfits. I like to kind of roulette in the morning and just, <laughs> and just see what works and everything just is so great. So it's at my style is my brand. She recently posted a reel about how over the last few years, her style has changed. Yeah. And, and how that like with one article of clothing that she has and it started with like a more conservative look, you know, kind of something that you could see at Macy's or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, a next look a year later with the same skirt, but like mixing up a little bit and then how she would do it now. And you could really, I love how she did that. It was really cool. And I'd like to evolve to that level of confidence. And it is a skill like, you know, to look and know what works. Um, like I want to get into print mixing, but anyway. At, at my style is my brand on Instagram. I might say that she's probably a fashion icon of mine for sure. I'm going to have to check her out. Also, Mindy Kaling, to your point, did write in one of her books or somewhere in an interview, I think, that basically to look that good, you have to have the money and time and resources Fair. in order to have all those outfits kind of on point all the time. Yeah. And I was like respect for you know being real about it yeah being honest about it like she's like super honest that like that wouldn't have worked for her when she was just starting out so yeah no fair and her um her closet looks amazing that is yeah i i do have a i wish you had come over to see my shoe wall in my closet i do have a shoe wall in my closet that was the one request i got in when we got the house but um everything else we've had to put in shelving or like kind of figure out how to make the closet design work for us and like mm-hmm. I know there's like systems and you could go Ikea or like Alpha container store it but I don't have that kind of energy yeah, <laughs> yeah. work with what you have or what you have access to describe the moment when you felt connected and became friends it was pretty fast for me I think part of it was that we when we started the podcast we were all in a really vulnerable space yeah and we we came together because we had something in common, but then we found comfort in each other. And I just found myself like talking about things with a veritable stranger that I don't think I would have if like we had met in person somewhere because you're more guarded in person. I guess part of me is like, well, this doesn't work. I could just never see her again. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was pretty early. I think it was like you and I, I think we stayed on longer we had a lot more just you and I had like a lot more like wider ranging brainstorming sessions and troubleshooting things so we spent a lot of time together right at the beginning and I think that added that vulnerability allowed me to be more authentic I think with you right away and it was just I don't know I don't I can't pinpoint a a moment but it was early I have a moment oh gosh okay (laughs) here we go I was in the Joann's Fabrics parking lot (laughs) which it's it's a special place you know, the Joann's parking lot. Many a video has been filmed there. <laughs> I don't remember what I went to pick up there. I think it was probably like thread because I ha- like, I don't know what I had run out of. It was just like, I needed something that day. So I was like, fine, I'll just go. And it was near the beginning, I think, because we mostly talk on Instagram yeah. and Slack. And so, but we had exchanged numbers because we hadn't we set up Slack yet. And 
I was like running about. I was like, I'm here and then I'm here and then I'm here and then like I'll be home at this point. And you were like texting me. You're like, I think we should just like set up a Slack. I know how to do that from work. I'm just going to set it up. You'll get an invite. And I was like, I, that's genius. And I would have also gotten to that conclusion like in two days. <laughs> but like for you to say that while I'm literally at Joanne's trying to like find thread or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to be friends. <laughs> I think it's because I'm decisive. Mm-hmm. I can be really indecisive when it comes to really, like, really stupid things. But like, <laughs> but like when it's something, the decision needs to be made. I'm like, you know what? I feel confident in my like that this is gonna work. Let's do it. You're busy. Like, you know, it's fine. I'm just gonna do this, and then if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out. So it worked out. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Slack. That's how you remember. That's like how we became friends. Well, I think someone did. We talk about Microsoft Teams. Or I think something? so. And yeah. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like, not. No, no. I was like, I've used every chat product. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is: Have you ever made anything without unpicking or redoing some parts? Oh, this was from somebody else, and I will find it and we will insert it in the show notes. Thank you for sending this in. No, <laughs> I can't think of. Really? A single thing. No. <laughs> I think the answer is still no. You know, the ones that you do multiple times, that ends up, those are easier. But I'm the type of person that will, I'm not a multi, I don't have a T, I have TNT, I guess. I don't really have a TNT, actually. I'll just flat out say that. So that's probably why I'm seam ripping shit a lot. All sorts of mistakes. I, I, okay, I did make a um, Seamwork Riley top, which is a woven tank. And I think I got away with not having the seam worth anything. I do need to make fit adjustments for the next version, but it's a simple enough pattern where I probably, and I, and I French seamed everything because I've been too lazy about <laughs> surging, surging, which is makes no sense. I know, but I actually think, yeah, yeah. I think that might've been, that's my latest one. So I'm growing now. The question came from Jay or Jay Susahana, J-S-U-S-A-H-A-N-A on Instagram. I think I saw this question and I was like, oh yeah, for sure. And it wasn't because I was perfect at sewing. It was because I was just so far along or panic sewing that I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just, we can live with the extra clipped seam or whatever's going on here. There's definitely (laughs) like a, in the middle of the neckline of my first York pinafore, which is a blue denim pinafore that I made. And I somehow decided that silver thread was a good idea. (laughs) Very visible. Sure. I think it was the first thing I ever finished with a bias bound neckline. And uh, I definitely, I fucked up right in the middle. Like there's a little crooked zigzag. And I was like, you know what? We're not unpicking. We're just going to go. I know if you're staring that closely to my neck, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) You know, that's funny because I, I would really struggle with leaving that in there. And, and this is something where my husband would be like, I didn't even notice it until you said something. And I'm like, oh, but now now I know it's there. And I, and I would unpick it. I would. Oh, my God. I would know. I mean, if it was, like, really bad or there was a thread nest going on, I would I would definitely unpick it. Or, or, I've left you thread know. nests. I'm like, you know what? This seems secure enough. It's fine. It took me so long to figure out why I was getting thread nests. I was like, oh, you have to hold the thread on the side. <laughs> when you start, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I do that now as well. I don't do the I have my machine has an automatic cutter and I don't do that anymore. Fancy. Because it starts like because then you can't reach the bottom bottom yeah, thread. Yeah. And yeah. So there, my my uh, thread around the sewing room count has gotten a lot higher <laughs> now that I've like have to pull and, and cut the thread, but <laughs> it's fine. I vacuum every once in a while. Hey podcast listeners, looking for a way to support the Asian Solace Collective? Well, we have a great way for you to do that now, and we are excited to announce our first set of merch. We've launched a limited edition set of woven labels on our coffee page, so ko-fi.com slash Asian Solace Collective, and you can get a pack of five woven labels custom designed by our very own producer, Mariko, with some cute sayings from seasons one through three, like this was a panic sew, forgot to pre-wash, or made with fabric purchased while traveling. And they all have really cute designs on them that you should definitely go check out on our Instagram and on our coffee page. And to get your very own set of five labels, you will be supporting the podcast and helping us bring you new content and new guests week after week. 
So head to ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective. We've got two more questions. What is the greatest accomplishment of ASC in your opinion? I don't know. I think I think it's just, you know, creating high quality podcasts centering Asian voice. It's so broad. <laughs> so broad. But I mean, like our mere existence is is its own accomplishment and that we've made it past one episode and that, you know, people love hearing us and that we ruffle some feathers. Like I think that that's not a bad thing either, you know. Um I think we knew that we had obviously like formed a community and that like your guys's or everyone's DMs in response to episodes or things that we repost and share and educate on, I think are great to show that like we needed a space because for me, it felt like before this, we were kind of co-opting other people's spaces. And so to have our own space is like one thing and one really big thing. And I hope that listeners and followers on Instagram kind of feel that. And then I would say the other thing is that I knew we were making a real difference when multiple people tagged us in a post calling out a pattern maker, an indie pattern maker um, from the UK who appears to be a white woman for appropriating. And Mm. they were like, that's not a kimono. (laughs) Please see these episodes (laughs) right over there. And it felt really good that we didn't have to be the ones kind of like screaming into the void anymore on our own and that folks had actually listened to us, processed it, and were going and using that information and saying, they've done this really great work. You need to do some work too. (laughs) Here we are serving it up to you like in a handy dandy comment. And so that I think that happened a few months ago, a few weeks ago. And that was really satisfying to see that kind of unfold and not have to be in the literal like depths of internet disgustingness. We talk often about on the podcast about, you know, doing the work and don't ask us questions, like listen to what we're already saying. And I think that having someone who's an ally, whatever they look like saying, Hey, they already did the work here. You know, um, like that's like that's really great to have become a reliable resource and voice in the sewing community. Whether that person did anything about it, who knows? <laughs> but like, just being that, like being listened to like that, I didn't. I guess I didn't really imagine that we could have that big of an impact. Yeah, and maybe it's more me. I think. I think I'd be like, I don't know. I'm, People care about what I have to say and, and, you know, but, um, you know, everyone has a voice that's worthy of being listened to. And so it's really cool to see that um, roll out. So, yeah, that's a great, you're better at specific, answering specific questions than Uh, I am. I'm like, like everything, (laughs) our existence is our greatest accomplishment. But also I think our professional backgrounds kind of lend us to these things. Like I'm used to getting very pointed Q&A on like a product webinar of like, hey, when's this feature going to launch? And having to be like, very soon, can't commit to a date. Here's my skirting around the answer, answer. (laughs) I'm used to having to explain things to everybody. (laughs) And like, um, not everybody, but just like, yeah a lot of what I do, what I have been doing the last few years is like breaking down things and explaining them. And I'm, I can, I can be really long winded. I always have to be like reined in. Anyway, speaking of being reined in, I have a final question. Okay. Um, this is from my colleague Irma. She asks, where do you see your podcast or collaborative in the future? Ooh, I'm going to start with one thing that I've noticed over the past few months, and maybe it will lead us into other things. I don't know. Um, Lately, we've been getting reached out to by companies, big and small. You know, in the case of it's a publisher for an Asian or person of Asian descent author Mm -hmm. in in the fiber arts and crafting world, like we are more than happy to support that author because it is their work getting published and sure the publisher you know that person works for a company what has kind of like intrigued me and sometimes pissed me off is that like small and large companies will reach out to us and say hey can you promote this thing Mm. without offering compensation without really acknowledging that like this content is is essentially like it's a passion project none of us are really profiting off of it like we are basically break even and making pennies for every hour we spend on it. (laughs) And so like, would I love to get to a point where we could hire a professional editor and like have all this stuff? Sure. But like, 
we need the financial backing to do that. One of the ways to do that is to take on sponsors, but then do these, do we really know that these people actually and these companies actually align with our values? And the answer is from a lot of the emails that we get cold, no. <laughs> it's like they Googled Asian. Yeah, they just Googled <laughs> like places to distribute my our sewing stuff and sell to people. Yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of a little more protective of the community and the audience that we've built because I I think that'd be doing a disservice to yeah. everyone. But it's kind of interesting to see that like we are getting more recognition, I guess, as a identity within the crafting community that is lucrative to target if you're a business. Like I'll mm-hmm. be honest, I'm a I'm a business owner. Like, you know, I get it why they're doing that, but it seems disingenuous to me when you send us those emails being like, hey, can you promote this thing or this pattern or this contest without saying like, and this is why, like we've done our research on you basically. Yeah, I think we're probably not going to be taking those on anytime soon. Um, Without compensation. Without compensation and without understanding that they're like, aligned with our values yeah which like if you were i would think that that's something you would lead with in the the email and and yeah you have to listen to understand what our values are. yeah you can't just be like googling and then see our front page of our website which really doesn't have anything besides links to the show notes and then links to where to find where to find the pod yeah where we're going as a podcast i don't know i like doing it it's still (laughs) it's still fun it's still interesting I think we only work on topics that are interesting to the team yeah because we don't want to shove any content down anyone's throats and since the team spends so many hours on each episode like I'm talking 8 12 20 hours depending on what role you're doing yeah we want the team first of all of amazing sewists and crafters to enjoy what they're working on because it is it is a labor of love. It's a passion project. So yeah, I would love to see us all meet in person. Like it's been so fun meeting you in person. I know. That I would love to see us meet in person at some point. I think that would probably require significant financial investment from all of us. So it would be something maybe down the line. Um, or maybe we could like organize some sort of sewing retreat. Yeah. Um, and then I would also love to open it up to the broader community of our Asian sewist listeners who want to meet and connect in person because we get to connect with you on Instagram on a regular basis, but I'd guess Instagram's not really helpful or easy for us to be like, and then like, you should talk to this person and like, you know, have kind of those group discussions. So I don't know if or when any of that would happen, but I think that's something that I would like to do. Thoughts? Yeah, I think podcasting can just be quick and dirty and done, but that's like not who we are. And I think that being able to, and also none of us were podcasters and we're podcasters now, but like <laughs> we're sewists. That's what we do. Needle yeah. and thread, right? Like, um, and I think that being able to, we've all advanced our skills in some way, but being able to make this a, like a livelihood is I think probably the big goal everything you know a lot a lot more can flow from that i think when when we're all able to make you know um think about the places that we can make more space you know if we're able to make um something you know sustainable and but i know that like most podcasters have other jobs but and i think the meeting in person would be a lot of fun like a like a retreat you know, we'd have to, we have to pay our way, but it would be nice to be able to do something where if people want to come, you know, they, they will, they have to pay their way as well. Yeah. But I would know. love to find a sponsor. If like, if we did a retreat, I would love to find someone or a company to sponsor it, who understands and is aligned with our values to sponsor folks who like, it may just be out of their price range. Yeah. Right. To start from, because we are so much about equity mm-hmm. and like access that I think if we're going to do something in person and it's going to require travel or paying, like that's what I would love to find someone to sponsor that because like this is not a whole shameless plug for like buy our labels, like subscribe to our coffee, but it does take significant amounts of time to do the research and the producing and the writing and the recording and editing to get to a final finished podcast episode. Not all of them are like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... I think that's something to highlight that I don't think I think I like kind of acutely understood mm-hmm. where content creators and podcasters were in terms of making a living 
um, and being able to do that before we started the podcast and then really doing the podcast and meeting with like a lot of our guests and talking to them behind the scenes about what's your day really like? Like, when can we schedule this? Yeah. Like it does actually make a lot more sense and I think helps me appreciate more. Yeah. What we see. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. No, I mean, like, I, I don't I don't have particularly intelligent thoughts. Like, <laughs> pay us. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is, we don't know, but we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> we yeah. have cool ideas, but we need to figure it out. <laughs> I'd like to say, like, low-hanging fruit is we meet up, but it's not that low-hanging. <laughs> like, you know, we, we do, like, you know, we are, um, a lot of us are in North America, but, you know, cost is, oh, we should do an Auckland Treat. You just told me how much it costs to fly to New I Zealand. I know. It's expensive right now. That is something that that's the dream. I think we've all been meeting, you know, one by one by one, including guests, you yeah. know. So it would be really cool to have like, not a fractails. I don't want to call up that, but like, you know, something. I think a sewing retreat would be fun. I will say that like I have travel back to the other two places that I call home this year planned. So the Bay Area and New York. And for some of those trips, I'll be there longer. And I was like toying with the idea of like, what if we did a meetup? Would anybody come? What would we do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's not completely out of the question. It just requires a little more bandwidth. Can I come? I got miles. you want to. (laughs) I'll just show up wherever. (laughs) (laughs) We can see. I've I've definitely had that conversation with one-on-one people in the past. And I am seeing Mariko when I go to L.A., Exciting. Next month, like you said, it's been one on one, max two on one. Like I met Byra V and Ella together Aww. in the East Bay, and I know Ella's been organizing some Bay Area meetups, which mm-hmm. is cool. What if we could do a bigger one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have event planning skills and a background. We could do this. Look at us using our skills for a podcast. <laughs> Who knew? Mm-hmm. All right. I have one final sewing related question because we usually open our episode with what are you working on? And clearly you're on vacation and you did not bring your sewing machine. I did not. I thought about it. You thought about it. I did. And you thought about bringing stuff to do. Yeah. But I started a panic sew last night and I need help. Class. Okay. okay. And I thought it would be great to just bring it in person because okay. we never get to do this. Okay. It's buried underneath our wall of pillows. Buried oh. under. Yeah. If you want to grab me the bag. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> let's see, let's see. Um, you know, if I'm going to an event, I want to wear something new. <laughs> I am the same. Which is a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> Byproduct of fast fashion. I don't need something new. But if I can wear it, if I'm going to wear it again, like I'll, I'll try to go out of my way to do it. Fair. Where are you going? What's your, what's your event? <laughs> I feel almost shameful saying this. Uh, I'm going to Miami for the Formula One Grand Prix. Why, why is that shameful? It just seems really frivolous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, lots of things are frivolous. Um, I'm not going because I love F1 that much or whatever. I literally binged the Netflix series in order to go and have an intelligent conversation while I'm there. <laughs> um, my partner got invited for a work thing. So we're only going one day, but I thought, like, you know, it's going to be a weekend. It should be cool. It's going to be hot. Mm. And I don't, like I haven't, last year I said I was going to make more shorts. I didn't end up making too many more shorts. So I was going through my patterns and this actually came up because I was looking at this pattern for a wedding that I have to go to where I have been encouraged to try again with wearing my sari. Ah, yes. And I needed a petticoat and I was looking it up. So I was like, I'll make this skirt as a petticoat because then I can wear it again. Then I was like, ooh, the skirt has a shorter view so Uh. I could wear it for Miami. And it's a knit fabric, okay. and I found the knit. And it doesn't it's, look knit. It's kind of like a legging fabric. Okay. It's this teal. It's not coming great on my camera. <laughs> it's coming across sky blue, but I swear it's more green. Yeah. And it's very close to the accent color <laughs> of one of the teams that I can get behind <laughs> in this. Wow, sport. that's very specific. And I was well, I when I bought this fabric, I was like, maybe I'll make like athletic wear with it. Yeah, yeah. Never did because it was a little I wear black leggings this is not my color <laughs> but a cute no me pattern from Alyssa threads uh-huh. which is no me 2003 okay it's for listeners who are watching on YouTube it's the sweater set with the top has a v-neck sweater with a ruffle and buttons the bottom is a knit almost pencil skirt with a slit two lengths maxi and not quite many hmm. I also thought Alyssa was 
a small human. <laughs> and I'm looking at these pattern photos. And I'm like, are you a small human? I don't think so. You just don't know. You don't know. I'm making view D. So I've made this. I haven't attached the waistband because I had to do some adjustments. But right now, this it says to use stretch knits only for C and D, use Ponte double knit sweater knits. I did not listen to that clearly because I just said I use an active wear knit. That's fine. It feels like it needs a lining, though. I tried it on last night, which mm -hmm. I almost never remember to do. <laughs> and it was a little too clingy. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, it's supposed to be kind of tight bodycon. Yeah. Can I, do you think I could, you know, essentially make the same thing inside out and attach the skirt? That sounds like it'd be really thick for Really Miami. thick for Miami, right? So like, how do you make this work? Do I have to wear Spanx? <laughs> I would, I would just wear it. <laughs> it's, my, it's Miami. Like, I, I mean... I, I haven't spent any time there, but it seems like the kind of place where, you, you know, you just, whatever looks hot. You can see everything. Like, I'm going to need to wear some seamless underwear. I mean, yeah. I mean, you mean like dimples and stuff? It's less the dimples. It's kind of more the fact that it's like, it feels like it should look sleeker mm. because in a heavier knit that would cover up like the seams, the seams yeah. more. I mean, there isn't really anything you can do about the seams. I don't know. I would probably just wear it as is with seamless underwear. And even then, I, okay, and this is maybe just me being like, I don't care about what people think. I'm like, I'm not trying to like pretend like I'm not wearing underwear. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like back in the day, it's like, oh, you know, you got to wear thong. You get like no panty no, lines. Panty no. lines look, look terrible. I'm like, I mean, sure, but I'm not trying to fool anyone into thinking I'm wearing commando. <laughs> like I don't really care. Like surprise, I'm wearing underwear. Like anyway, but that's just me being. All right, so you think I can attach the waistband hem it and call it a day? I think so. Like, you could, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what you would do, though. I did think about making it a skirt. <laughs> you could do that, too. Right? Yeah. I know you have, uh, you have like, a shorts pattern. Yeah. Because like, from a skirt, you could yeah, probably just Yeah, from a skirt. And I have, I thought I had actually, like, five yards of this. I think I actually only have, like, three. So we'll see. You but don't need that many. You don't need that many. I thought it'd be like cool to finally use this fabric that I have in my stash. Yeah. Um, I think it's color appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what team you're rooting for. You know that it's like, but it's subtle. It's kind of like Disney bounding. Ah, okay. Like I won't be wearing. Formula One bounding. I won't be wearing Mercedes Patronus, whatever the heck the whole name of this team is. Yeah. But like if I wear a black shirt, which I own many of, mm. and a skirt, it's like people will know. They will know. It's yeah. like if I showed up in all red, they would be like. Ferrari. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. I think, yeah, I don't know. And I, if you think making it a skirt, though, you'll create more lines, more lines, unless you have a pattern that is, that doesn't have like the front and back seam. Oh. I have, I have a pattern um, that has a gusset instead. It's, um, it is, Oh my goodness. Let me just look it up. I, <laughs> um, it's It was meant for comfort. Okay. Um, there is in that skirt pattern that I like from Jay Lee, there's both a quote unquote hot pants version which, of the skirt, which is like shorts underneath. And uh -huh. then there's basically like a underwear briefs, briefs version. Maybe I just do built-in underwear? Uh, yeah, you could do that. I think that makes sense. Okay, here we go. It's called, it's from Pattern Division. It's called the oh. Celeste Pant. Oh, okay, bike shorts. Yeah, so the seams are on the side. Okay. And they would align, and it has like gusset oh, in the middle. It. And this is like totally seamless, except for that yeah. on the sides. Whoa. And so I think that that might serve your purpose better. Um, this pattern doesn't even have, like, you don't even finish the, the waistband. Or the, oh, yeah. whoa, okay. I found that it was, it's nice for sleeping. I think like impractical for acting wear but that might be mm -hmm. something you could install in, in that here. that would be comfortable and you could even use like a lighter knit material okay so pattern division pattern division celeste, celeste pant, pant which yeah. is really short and or it sounds like the uk version of pant pants. yeah there's a story behind these pants and i can, or these underwears and i can't okay pants underwears i can't remember what it is but i'm sure you would be i'll, I'll look it up later but okay Pa the designer from Pattern Division, she has mo not mobility issues. She has Parkinson's. Oh, right. She's okay. Yeah. She made the port top. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I know that she designs her patterns um, to be simple sews. Yeah. Because um, when you have an essential tremor, it's really hard to keep yeah. things. So yeah. um, Nandita from season one yep. is a big fan of her. I have a lot of her patterns because um, I wanted to support her business, but also because they look really simple. I just, mm. I have a lot of patterns. Um, but, <laughs> but I did make the Celeste pant. Okay. Oh, because I was chafing really bad. After <laughs> That's what it was. It was like everything hurt. I no longer wear shorts when I run. I barely run. It was chafing. Like nothing was comfortable. Oh. So I made those in a, what was it? It's like a brush poly, like okay. a double brush poly. Okay. So it's like so soft. It was warm, but it was like soft between my legs. It was really nice. So yeah, that might actually, that might be a good option for right. you. I will look into that before I get to, because this, I'm not even kidding. Like that's cute though. I hadn't, I cut this pattern out only the skirt pieces and cut the fabric and sewed all this up in less than an hour Wow! and got to basically like finishing. Nice. Right. And I was, I'd gone into it. I think I'd posted a picture to my stories with this leather jacket I had thrifted a while ago. I think Gwen past guest had commented on like, I need to turn it into something. Well, I put the shorts pieces next to this giant leather jacket and because they were kind of wide leg shorts, I just, there was no way I would be able to harvest enough fabric in time. Yeah. So I was like, what else can I do? Well, I already have to try this pattern, so I might as well kind of twall it with yeah. something else. So yeah. I might end up with two of these skirts. Thanks, nice. Alyssa, for the pattern. <laughs> I mean, hey, the one hour? Shoot. Right? I should get my surgery out. <laughs> Stop in one hour, <laughs> in less than one hour, including surging. Like, look at my, and I didn't have any matching thread because this is a, a unique color. Oh, I don't match. I don't know. I, don't do that. <laughs> I, I was trying to get like a somewhat closer <laughs> but we've got lime green thread on the inside nice, so that's cute I like that. you know well thanks for answering my real life sewing question <laughs> yeah that's wild let's do a sewing retreat can i just come back and we'll just like hang out you have you have a second machine right no oh shit i mean i have like a hundred year old machine that has a very not strong motor sounds complicated i'll bring my own <laughs> That's why you have a rolly wheel bag. That's it, right. Though. Yeah. So I can beam a while with my craft. Anyways, now you've gotten a preview into our Instagram DMs with each other. <laughs> okay. I think that's it. I can hear movement upstairs. We are in the basement of uh, my family Airbnb. I hear tiny feet running around. Probably my nieces were awake and we're going to hit the airport in like 45 minutes. So I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Thanks for listening. Let us know if you like this format. We will probably just throw this up for you as a bonus episode while we are gearing up for our next few episodes. And we already have a few in line that are pretty interesting. So stay tuned. Yep. We did it. We did it. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Asian Sewist Collective Podcast. If you like our show, please consider supporting us on Coffee by becoming a one-time or monthly supporter or by buying our stickers and sewing labels. That's right, we have merch. Buy the labels, they are hilarious. Your financial support helps us with overhead expenses and will allow us to give back to our all-volunteer team who works so hard to provide you with new content each week. The link to our coffee page is ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective, and you can find the link in our show notes, on our website, and on our Instagram account. Check us out on Instagram at Asian Sewist Collective. That's one word, Asian Sewist Collective. And you can also help us out by spreading the word and telling your friends. We would appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes on our website. That's AsianSewistCollective.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us with your questions, comments, or even voice messages if you want to be featured on future episodes at AsianSewistCollective at gmail.com. This episode was brought to you by your co-hosts, Ada Chen and Nicole Angeline. Thank you so much to the other members of our collective who made this week's episode a reality. This is the Asian Sewist Collective podcast, and we'll see you next week.